for the Athletic Podcast Network. This is the update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to David Lombardi, who covers the 49ers for the Athletic, about some of these selections outside of the first round in last week's draft and what they mean for the 2021 San Francisco 49ers. Aaron Banks projects to compete for a starting spot on the offensive line. Trey Sermon, the highest selected draft pick by Kyle Shanahan at the running back position since becoming the head coach of the 49ers. Also in the third round, Ambry Thomas, a cornerback out of Michigan, somebody we can talk about with David Lombardi, who joins me next. It's Wednesday. May 5th. It is always fun talking football with David Lombardi. He, of course, covers the 49ers for the Athletic. And David, right before we got started here, you were saying it's so much nicer to do the post-draft stuff than the pre-draft stuff. However, you were a guy who was on Trey Lance from the beginning. Did you win any bets with friends? Did you did you walk a little taller? Did you puff your chest out? Were you feeling good after the number three pick, man? I had a friend that won some money. I told him that he should go bet on it, and I think he, he won a little bit. So he got on the Trey Lance odds uh, a little bit earlier than than everybody else he became the betting favorite in the hours leading up to the draft because what you saw is the knowledge of what the 49ers would do based on I guess it was knowledge I guess it was a guess but the educated guesses considering what the 49ers would do based on Trey Lance's usage in college based on the film in college and based on the fact that Kyle Shanahan was in my opinion telling us the whole time if you actually listen to what he was saying I thought that really started to circle around the NFL general manager circles and that made its way to the betting market and then people started betting on Trey Lance because they thought he was undervalued and I think maybe five or six hours before the draft he became the betting favorite so you could have won your bets with friends if you were on it a little bit earlier than right before the draft right wasn't that the sense the last couple hours did you think that it was going to be him maybe at 3 p.m once the betting odds started shifting you know we had all the all the ramp up to mac jones and, and no real conversation at all about justin fields and, and the betting odds actually right before the draft started i was telling our producer brian i threw a little bit of money on justin fields just because the odds went so largely against him and away from him i thought boy if they shocked the world and did something funny here or did something funky you could make a lot of money but you're right leading up right to draft time it appeared it was going to be trey lance and that's uh that's where we ended up and so when they do the evaluation and you hear them talk about it afterwards and you're saying if we'd listened to kyle all along and and the verbiage he used and the way he talked about lance it seems like everybody says how he ran his offense or the way he commanded his offense in college at North Dakota State is what made them confident in his ability to adapt maybe to Kyle's offense or this NFL style of game. What do you think about that based on basing who he can be in the NFL off of what we've seen him do in his offense in college and how closely those adapt? I'm about to talk to their quarterbacks coach and offensive coordinator here in a little bit and I can't wait to have this conversation because that North Dakota State offense is cutting edge. They have proven, at least at the FCS level, and I know that there's a difference in talent between the FCS and FBS, and that's going to be a huge story regarding Trey Lance. And, you know, that was a big story regarding Jimmy Garoppolo. Both Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo have had to make the transition from the FCS to the NFL. But at least at the FCS level, North Dakota State's offense is this really, really tantalizing hybrid of pro style you know obviously Shanahan runs pro style he runs under center play action and new age quarterback running concepts I mean you see a lot of designed modern runs for Trey Lance in that North Dakota State offense but what the 49ers saw and I'm sure they noticed everything but what really made them zero in on Trey Lance was the the pro style usage and the way that that pro style usage was hybridized 
with something that accentuated Trey Lance's athleticism in that North Dakota State offense is, I think, what really spoke to Kyle Shanahan. And I wouldn't be surprised if the 49ers really started borrowing a lot of North Dakota State's playbook and trying to port that to the NFL. And you see this all the time. Coaches will borrow slash steal, whichever term you like best, from each other. Sean Payton will take an idea from Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan will take an idea from Sean Payton. Well, the way that the 49ers fell in love with Trey Lance's film at North Dakota State, I can guarantee you they also fell in love with some of the scheme. And the way they hybridize a lot of what the 49ers already do so that they could accurately project Trey Lance to the NFL level and uh, some of the the new stuff that I think Kyle Shanahan has been itching to include in his own offense and that's some of the quarterback runs and some of the stuff that enlarges the the scope of an of 11 on 11 football so I think the combination of those two has prepared Trey Lance not only to make it to the NFL but also to change the way that that Kyle calls games and I think that's why John Lynch couldn't sleep for example after the first night that uh, Kyle Shanahan emailed him some clips because they were already tossing ideas around very early in this process about what exactly they would be able to incorporate to the 49ers that isn't there now based on Trey Lance's skill set. This is great. I mean, that's a great response, a, a great answer, and I think really exciting that you know you could go watch some of these plays or take a look at some of this tape and say, boy, you could see that moved into the NFL or into Kyle's playbook. When are we going to get that piece from you uh, after you're talking to this the QB coach and, uh, and the O coordinator? When are you coming out with that? Within a few days. First one you're going to get is Ohio State's running backs coach, uh, Tony Alford, talking about Bobby Turner and obviously Trey Sermon. Tony Alford, maybe not on the same level as Ohio State's defensive line coach, Larry Johnson, as far as having done this for 40 years, but he's done it for 28, and he, he's developed Ezekiel Elliott, um, J.K. Dobbins, and obviously now Trey Sermon. So he's probably in that experience tier right underneath Bobby Turner. He's 20 years younger and just a, a great running back's mind. And the way that he was able to put perspective on uh, Trey Sermon's rise from high school ball through Oklahoma to Ohio, to Ohio State and then to the third-round draft pick of the 49ers was really cool. So first we're going to have something with him, then Randy Hedberg from North Dakota State, and uh, a lot more coming here for sure over the course of the next few weeks because most of these 49ers prospects this year came through uh, big-time schools. I mean, Trey Lance obviously was North Dakota State, but that's a big-time school at the FCS level. That's like the Alabama of the FCS level. So all of these coaches, even if it is at North Dakota State, all these coaches of the players of the 49ers drafted are very – highly respected football minds. So North Dakota State has a hell, hell of a staff. We know about Ohio State staff. You know, I was talking to some of the guys that developed Ambry Thomas at Michigan. That's obviously high-profile staff. It's just a really interesting collection of players that the 49ers got from these big-time schools. And when you talk to the coaches – it really ties into what Shanahan has been doing, revolutionizing the NFL with the outside zone here for the past several years. It's just really cool to make all those connections now to the players the 49ers have actually drafted. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Well, and you're right. That's funny that the, you know, the biggest name player comes from the smallest school, at least in the, the sense of the quarterback taken at number three in Trey Lance. What did you think about the pick of Trey Sermon? And what did you think about some of the other picks in this draft? I mean, it looks like they've identified the defensive back situation a little bit. They've bolstered the offensive line. They may get some real competition from Banks at the, uh, the guard position, this training camp or this mini camp. What do you think about how they identified some of their holes or places where they needed to get deeper in this draft? Well, they needed to get a lot better on the offensive line. This team wasn't going to compete for a title 
as it stood up front. It, it really needed to upgrade the pass protection. We know that the run blocking has been good for the 49ers, but we also know that pass protection is your meal ticket in the NFL these days. So the Aaron Banks pick, uh, to me, showed the importance of that investment. And, you know, you could rewind all the way back to the night of March 17th when the 49ers gave Trent Williams the biggest contract for an offensive lineman in NFL history and also agreed to terms with Alex Mack. Uh, that was a massive night as far as Shanahan deciding that he's had enough of this poor pass protection and he's determined to make sure it gets a whole lot better in 2021. And I thought that that mentality really fast forwarded to the draft where they used their most valuable pick after that first one, the second rounder, on an offensive lineman who has a great history of pass protection at Notre Dame. Aaron Banks give up only two sacks over 1,000 plus pass protection snaps for the Irish. So, I mean, the 49ers did the same thing back in the mid-1990s. Bob McKittrick was the offensive line coach back then, and he was probably the initial pioneer of smaller offensive lines at a time when they were really big. Mike Shanahan was the offensive coordinator when Bob McKittrick was the 49ers offensive line coach, and McKittrick was bringing in all these athletic offensive linemen. They were considered undersized at the time, but the 49ers zagged while the rest of the league zigged, and they were able to you know, pull. They were able to get out in space and block and do all these things. But then along came Green Bay in the mid-1990s with Gilbert Brown, Santana Dotson, Reggie White. I mean, just massive athletic defensive linemen that gave the 49ers a whole lot of trouble and essentially stalled the 49ers offensive line. They weren't able to run against Green Bay because Green Bay overpowered them. And uh, then when Steve Young had to drop back 65 times in one game, it was all over. So <laughs> what, what, what did the 49ers do? They went out and they got two massive guards in Kevin Gogan and Ray Brown. And they adapted their offense. Bob McKittrick was still there. This athletic, uh, blocking in space offensive line coach, the guy that really was a pioneer of that movement was still there. But he recognized that they had to get these big guys at the interior line to beat Green Bay, to evolve with the times in the NFL. So he brings in Gogan, he brings in Ray Brown, and I think we're seeing Kyle Shanahan make a similar kind of evolution this time around. He brings in the 325-pounder Aaron Banks. He brings in a 320-plus-pounder and uh, Jalen Moore out of Western Michigan, I think it's the same kind of reaction. It's the same kind of evolution that the 49ers are making that they made 25 years ago. Boy, that's a great walk down memory lane to show us how that's applicable today. I love that. That's fantastic stuff. So then applying that to the run game and, and what we may see, we just saw Kyle Shanahan, I think, just off of memory here, Trey Sermon is the highest running back he's taken in the draft as head coach of the 49ers, right, in the third round. So what does that tell us about his thoughts on this running game and, and what kind of impact he may be able to make immediately this year? Because look at some of the running backs he's used, and they've had great success from Jeff Wilson and Mostert and Hasty was okay, Austin Walters out there, but these are under drafted guys relative to a, a guy who's had great levels of success at, at big schools you mentioned in college. What did you think about this Trey Sermon pick at number three or in the third round? I like him and I like Elijah Mitchell and the 49ers absolutely love Elijah Mitchell. He was the best player still available on their board in the sixth round and the drafting of running backs goes hand in hand with a discussion of pass protection and uh, the discussion of drafting offensive linemen because in the Shanahan system, 
This is one of the few teams in the NFL that still runs more than it passes. It's the run game that is the backbone to everything. The way that you don't overexpose your offensive linemen, who generally are lighter than the typical offensive linemen, is to establish a good running game. If you establish the good running game, the defense is going to be back on its heels. Then you could run play action, and then that pass rush loses a lot of teeth. And it's absolutely mandatory to do that. That's why the 49ers are always in bigger trouble when they fall behind in a game by more than a score because they lose a little bit of the credibility of that running threat and then they have to go into full pass protect mode. And obviously this team isn't built for that. So you have to have running backs that mesh well with the blocking scheme to have success on first and second down so that you put yourself into third and manageable. And in Trey Sermon and Elijah Mitchell, the 49ers have the second fastest 10-yard split running back. That's Trey Sermon in the entire NFL draft. And they have the second fastest 40-yard dash running back. That's Elijah Mitchell in the entire draft. Now, Sermon drops off. His 40 time was only 4-6. It wasn't good at all. But it doesn't really matter in Shanahan's scheme. It's that 10-yard burst that is everything. Put your foot in the ground on the outside zone. Find the hole. Bust through that hole. Okay, maybe he, he won't be able to turn the 12-yard gain into the 70-yard the gain, but even 4-3 guys can't do that in the NFL because the safeties are running 4-3s. The corners are running 4-3s. What matters is that he's one of the fastest guys there is in that initial burst. He's going to get his chunk plays. He's going to get his 6-yard gains. He's going to get his share of 10-yard gains, and that's exactly what Shanahan needs. And I think the 40 is overrated. Obviously, in the case of Elijah Mitchell, he, he has a very fast 40, but he also has a fast 10-yard split. And he can also be physical, just like Trey Sermon can. So I think both of these new 49ers running backs are explosive. And the team is now extremely deep. And there's even a log jam in the backfield. But Kyle Shanahan loves that because he sees the importance of linemen and the backs behind them to create the spine of his offense, which is that rushing attack. David, you do a fantastic job with this stuff, man. I really appreciate the time. It's always fun. It's always informative. And we're going to keep an eye out for those, uh, those hits you're doing with the college coaches. It's going to be great stuff for some of these players that people weren't really paying attention to or didn't know whether or not they were visiting the Niners or, or on the draft boards uh, heading into last week. So we appreciate the time again, man. We'll catch up with you down the road. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Man, really good breakdown, a really good insight, and maybe we should have listened to David uh, a little closer before the draft as he was one of the guys who was all over Trey Lance being the number three pick. The speculation for when Trey Lance will start his career as a 49er is going to continue, I think, all summer long and, of course, into next season, and whether or not he ends up as the number two out of training camp or out of preseason all remains to be seen, but a lot of pieces taken in this draft that could immediately help the 49ers jump back into contention this season. Thank you to David, thank you to Brian, and thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever it is you're listening. We're going to get back into some baseball, some Giants baseball on Friday, still hanging around the top of the National League West, but dealing with a ton of injuries as they head into a big series this weekend with the San Diego Padres, this one at Oracle Park. Until Friday, enjoy the week. We'll talk to you then.